Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. Oh, welcome back to an emergency episode of a yes. typical disgusting display. This is a bonus it's podcast our... for you listeners. We hurried because we once again we are the news cycle, just like we were when <laughs> I wrote the joke that Goldie wrote for Tom Brady. We are the news cycle. And so this is day one of the writer's strike. So day one, what do we do? We go out and get David Goodman. We got him. Former WGA president and now currently, uh, uh, let me say, on the advisory board. Negotiation. I'm the co-chair of the negotiating committee, but yeah. that's fine, Alec, that you didn't co- know. Co- yeah. Of the negotiating so committee. Former <laughs> Senator Joe Biden. Former Senator. Can we do that? First joke of the day. First joke of the day. We're not doing that today, JC. <laughs> yes, yes, we just Enough did. of that. <laughs> So we have David David Goodman. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's been a guest on our show before. We love him. We, we have his him. quote, which is "Moving on." There it is. <laughs> his famous catchphrase from the Family Guy writers' room. David and uh, was uh, my boss for many years. He was the showrunner of Family Guy during its period of greatest creative <laughs> and economic success. Woo-hoo. Um, and he's gone on to even bigger and better things. He brought uh, the agencies to their knees a couple of years ago, and we destroyed packaging, which was a great thing. And now he's again on the front line of this new strike. So David Goodman, thank you so much for being here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. It's uh, my pleasure. <laughs> oh, no, not with a question mark, David. Come on, you're the writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're saying because the situation is not a pleasure. That's it, it, you know, I, I think it is really important to state that this is not what we wanted. Uh, this idea no. that the writers are on strike. There was, uh, did you want to talk about that text exchange we had, yes. Alex? You, no, because I think you'd have a good, satisfying explanation for my little humorous uh, right. story about this. So, a couple of months ago, when it felt like this writer's strike was coming, right. I had texted you, David, and I said, hey, would you want to come back on the podcast and talk about the impending writer's strike? And you, before (laughs) you instantly texted back, there was like a half second of ellipses and then a text (laughs) with multiple uh, capital letters and exclamation points that said, there is no impending writer's strike. There is no impending writer's strike. That is what the studios want you to believe. So just because I I agree with you that that was the perception they wanted out there. So just talk a little bit about that. You know, I think that the the issue back then was that because the Guild negotiates its contract every three years and because up till recently we're the only union in this business that will strike when necessary, that there's always a fear 
as we head into a negotiation that the guild is going to go on strike, that the guild is crazy, that's full of a bunch of crazy people who don't care about burning the town down and that right. that, that <laughs> we will yeah. will strike for stupid reasons and we we don't understand we don't understand business. We're just a bunch <laughs> of fucking writers. Right. And uh and that the fact is we went into this negotiation motivated to make a deal, but we had raised some really important issues about the future of writing as a career, and we wanted the companies to address them. The reason we're on strike is they refuse to. They refuse to come to the table with any kind of serious offer. We had been in we've been in negotiations for six weeks with them. We we have tried to open conversation around these issues. We made compromises. We took things off the table in an effort to focus the negotiation around these issues. And they said, no, 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 we don't want to hear it. No, we're not going to talk about it. And that wow. and that was a very frustrating, very upsetting. Uh, that, But the negotiating committee was unanimous that the only way we were ever going to achieve any kind of deal that was meaningful was to call the strike. And uh, it was very, very difficult, very difficult decision from a place of that. We, we understand that a strike is a painful thing that we would rather not be doing. Right. But it was also a very clear decision because it was very clear that the companies were not going to make the right kind of deal. And yes. well that's why we called the strike. Yeah. Well, and 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 Goldie, tell us about because what I thought was genius, and Goldie sent this to us this earlier this morning, was the list of Writers Guild asks and AMPTP responses. Right, and it's it was shocking to me because I think you hear ahead of time like, oh, they're just a little far apart on this, and Netflix is being tough about that, so you have in your mind like, oh, this is close. But seeing the list of what we were asking for, which I think you're right, they sound like, to me, reasonable requests and pertinent issues to writers who want to have careers going forward. And there were half a dozen where they just said, we don't even want to talk about that. So, and Goldie, shout out the the person where you got that, because I I think people should- Uh, So I saw it on the Twitter of Adam Conover, who is a- but you, you unfortunately, you both as members got that in your email too. Oh, I, uh... oh sure. <laughs> well, obviously, we read it there carefully. Oh, but that was refreshing said. Refreshing that was. Said, I'm sorry, Goldie, but that was said to every member of the Writers Guild. Is it was linked in the message, and we oh. we specifically put that out for the reason that you're stating, which is that we that members should see uh, how far apart we are. And, uh, we're, we're willing to be completely transparent. We were very quiet during negotiations. We weren't talking, uh, outside of negotiations with, there were no leaks. We really wanted to, we really wanted to make a deal. And we didn't think there was any upside in revealing where we were and weren't because we really hoped until that last day that we would be able to get the companies to talk to us. Is, is the previous pattern that nothing's happened to the last day, like going back years. And so you're just kind of waiting around for like, okay, here comes a real offer. And that just didn't transpire. No, that that there were a couple of things they offered. One in particular, which is something we've asked for over over the years, which is if you're a staff writer on a show, getting a weekly salary, uh, you you don't actually get your script fee, uh, and that's been a, wow. a yeah. real problem for a lot of staff writers who don't have that income. Yeah. And the companies agreed to give us that, 
this time. So we got that last Wednesday and that was a signal of hope that, oh, wow, they made it, they made a move. Uh, And we were really hopeful that that was maybe a signal that there was more coming. Um, But they kind of played us. They played our expectations. They got our hopes up. And, and I think they're also was sort of testing us. How far would we go? Right. but so. so can I can I just take a step back here and before we get into the nuts and bolts of it cuz something I've always been curious about is what are these sessions like so you're in a hotel conference room or something right or Well actually we meet before the strike we we meet at the headquarters of the AMPTP so that's actually mm. a building in the Sherman Oaks Galleria And so there's um, a team of you there's like right. eight on your side and who's on their side So there on their side are uh the labor uh, lawyers who work for the individual studios. So there's a representative from Disney, a representative from Netflix, a representative from Amazon and Apple, et cetera, Uh along with staff members of the AMPTP, which is this organization that coordinates all those people and coordinates the negotiation of the deal. And it's led by their chief negotiator, Carol Lombardini, who has been on that side of the table for for many years, she was on that other side of the table during the 2007 strike. Uh, you know, she she's negotiated all the deals with the guild during during these years, and and there's a very formal process which is not like a negotiation where you negotiate your deal and your your lawyers sort of talking it through with or your agents talking it through with the studio. There's a formal set of proposals. They make a formal set of proposals. Then we make a formal set of proposals. Then they 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 respond to our proposals. We respond to their proposals. And you're sort of trying to whittle it down and find areas of common ground. And we did. There were a bunch of things that we did solve. Uh, and then what happens is it becomes more informal where their chief negotiator and our chief negotiator and one member of each staff go into a room and have what's called a sidebar where they can have a more honest conversation because these negotiators, they're they're very tough on the other side of the table. They're very you you can't the writers don't go into the negotiating session, you know, we're in there and there's 18 of us on one side and 18 of them on the other. Writers don't say a word unless they're told to, because you can give away stuff without realizing it. And, right. and that's a really important part of this. too. So I, wow. I told our guest who's upcoming for this week, I, I made this offer. I'm making the same offer to you. If you need someone to go in this room and go absolutely fucking ballistic in a career ending way. <laughs> and just scream and get on the table and get in people's faces right, and right. create an HR problem yeah. and to get banned. Right. You yeah. you call me all and right. you feed me the lines all right. and I will come in. But don't wait. And it's like, all right. No, okay. So. It'll be. No, no, it sounds interesting. I, uh, it could I really just, shake things I up. Might, I, I mean, since I'm already ending my career, I might, I might advocate for that. You want to bring somebody down with you? I go you know to what? You. Why not? What else <laughs> Yeah, come on in. It can't, it can't hurt. <laughs> I can, oh, yes, it can. What, are I they going to take stuff away because they didn't maybe, like me? Maybe. Right. I keep right. picturing the end of Scarface when you talk about that, like Goldie's <laughs> last stand in front of the AMPTP. Um, now, to, to get into it a little bit in, in more detail, because, again, we saw this list of things that we're asking yeah. for and what and their responses. So one of the things that I think pertained it jumped out to me because it felt like it pertained to me as a family guy writer is this notion that 
the Writers Guild wants to get more information about, you know, how many times a popular show might be watched on a streaming platform in order to more accurately gauge the level of residuals or royalties that we should receive, which makes total sense. I mean, if you think about when TV branched out into multiple cable channels and there were syndication deals and shows would be on 10 times a day because they were showing in Chicago all the time or whatever. And we figured that out back then, like this is, you get royalties for that. So it only seems logical that they, you, we would want to do that for a popular show like family guy that gets viewed all the time on Hulu. They said, we're not talking about that. So Uh, is that like, and they did that half a dozen other times with issues. Is that, like the ultimate level of frustration? Did they put it in in the middle and then pull it back? Because it sounds like you were saying you guys were getting close to something and then the end result was you weren't as close. Well, no, we weren't close. Uh, I think that there was sort of signs that, you know, because we were hopeful, because we didn't want to go on strike, because we wanted to make a deal, we're interpreting signs from them. So when they made the offer on Script Free for Staff Writers, which again was a result of, that came right after our strike authorization vote, the 97.8 strike yeah. authorization vote. That shows that like they uh they 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 saw that the guild was behind us and they and they gave us something. Uh right. and that led us to perhaps naively a moment of of hope that right. this maybe we'll be able to get to the real issues that we're talking about. But all the way through where they say reject all in that in that cheat sheet where we say they said they reject all our proposals or reject wouldn't talk about it all the way through they were saying that we just kept hoping that they would say okay we'll talk about this but they right. they wouldn't and then that that became clear over the weekend it became pretty clear over the weekend where we were headed we still held out hope we still tried uh, all the way through this this this, um, this negotiating committee is a you know, is a is a great group of writers who yes. are right, there. Yeah. You can look down those names and recognize many of them, and they're all they they represent all branches of the Writers Guild, and they are all serious people. None of them radical. Uh, all of them wanting desperately to uh, help create a deal that we could live with, and the companies really were unwilling to bargain on the on the issue that you raise Alec in terms of that information um we we do the guild already sort of gets some of that information already and now that the streamers are moving to advertising um all the streamers are now going to ad supported streaming of their shows that there's going to be more of that information because they've got to give that information to advertisers to set the advertising rates so i'm i'm not hopeful that they're going to give it to us in the short term uh but i am i am hopeful that i know that that information is going to be out there pretty soon have you noticed a difference in this negotiation deviating from past ones in that these companies are now more tech companies and more diversified tech companies whereas prior you know 10 15 years ago they were media companies and that like Mm -hmm. does part of their stubbornness maybe stem from an unfamiliarity with the actual industry that they're in, say for like an Apple or, or, you know, an Amazon right. where it's right. like they're, they know shipping packages around right. a little more than the nuances of Hollywood. I think it's, I think, I mean, it's, it's sort of what you're saying, but it, it's more comes from a place of, there's still the legacy companies, uh, Disney, 
Paramount, Sony. These are companies that have been in the in, in show business for many years. Laura and Mar. their execs. What's that? Laura Mar. Laura Mar. Yeah. <laughs> Screen Gems. Yeah, we got uh, them all. The Dumont Network. What, whatever you want to go down this road with <laughs> the you. lad, the lad company. Oh, that's oh, wow. best on video. Astron video, yeah. Touchstone, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, sure, good. sure. And they're they're the legacy companies that that whose execs uh, have had sort of longer experience working working in Hollywood and have a. Uh, and then there are the tech companies who who do things differently. And so all of those companies are together in that room, and they're sort of finding their way together to to a consensus of what they want to do and their business models aren't all the same. Apple's business model and Amazon's business model is not the same mm. as Disney's business model. Right. Yeah. Um and so that that there's conflict in there and that also uh reflects in the deal they're making with us. We don't know where some of those companies are. Some of those companies may not like the fact that that we're out on strike more than other companies although I think all of them don't did not want to strike. I no. I know there were rumors that companies were willing to to get rid of Alex Hulkin's overall deal. Uh, that, that that strike g- gave them that opportunity, but but they oh, shit. that's Suspend. not Suspend. That's, that's not true. They they really didn't want to strike, but they didn't didn't not want it bad enough. I, I, I like that you just made me think of the term. They suspended my overalls. Hey, everyone! Thank you very much. Um, but just to get Let's back, not to give the... ammunition to their side. <laughs> it's like comparing apples to oranges. The new black. You can't do it. Oh wow! Um, so. And these issues, let's say half a dozen, I, I, it seemed like it was half a dozen where they just refused to engage right. or yeah. respond in any way. Tell us, like, as we go forward with this strike and the subsequent negotiations, is it a, a situation where if they give on a few, you let go of a few? Are we looking for answers for all? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, and and I think that's a, a really good question. I think that the way the negotiation worked up to this point in terms of the problems that we did talk about is we make a proposal and if they don't reject it, they say, well, we can't really live with that, but we'll try this. And then suddenly you're in a negotiation. Right. Okay. Uh, until they say, let's say about our, our proposals on the duration of employment uh, until they say, all right, we're willing mm-hmm. to talk to you about this, but we're only willing to give you a day extra or whatever, whatever, piddling offer they're going to make is their opening offer. At least they're opening the conversation. Uh, And we already have shown them, and they know this. That's the other thing too. Like there's a sort of myth in Hollywood about the guild, although I think it's really changed that we're unreasonable, that we don't, again, that that whole rant I did at the beginning, that we don't know the business. And the companies know that's not true. They've sat in negotiations with us and screwed us for a decade. (laughs) uh, That's the, the truth of it. And they know that if they open a conversation, they have a bottom line. In the back of their mind, they're op- they're making an opening offer that is that is far away from their bottom line, so they don't have to go to it. And yeah. our leverage is about our leverage now being on strike is to uh, force them to their bottom line. And their bottom line before strike is uh, higher, I guess. I don't sure of the right than it is when we're on strike. And the unfortunate thing about a union is that sometimes to get what you want 
oftentimes you don't have to exercise your power to get what you need, but sometimes you do. And a strike is us exercising our power, cutting off the pipeline of material, and hopefully bringing them to the table in a way that we can make a deal. And do yes. you feel that um, uh, if my if my math is correct, you've been at five of these MBA negotiations? <laughs> That's right. Not That's that right I keep on. track. Um, <laughs> but now, do do they recognize you? Do they know you as the David Goodman who you know busted the agency's packaging? Do they know you as like this this known quantity who's like someone a force to be reckoned with in there? I, I don't think. I, I don't think they think that much of me. I do think they do recognize me that's and they're one. friendly. They're friendly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I think that's also part of a negotiating tactic. They want to be affable and look like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to solve this. Yeah. Uh, I did however, leave something in the room, uh, overnight by mistake in the negotiating room. And I came back in and they were all like, we didn't, we didn't touch it, David. We didn't touch it. <laughs> uh, what, was it you. like? Was it like a piece of paper with like? Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a piece demands. of paper with my name. A piece of paper with my name on it, so that we put them down in front of us, so they they know who's at the table. Oh. Left uh, it. And uh, wasn't there a Brady Bunch where they leave a false playbook yeah. in the other <laughs> team's right. locker room? Right. <laughs> they should have left that. the false playbook. <laughs> we will fold if you yeah. just give us this. Uh, but uh, no, they're 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 you know. For the most part, human beings, and they're they work <laughs> they work in the business, and they and they are they 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 do recognize me, and but I I don't think that means anything honestly beyond the power of the union. Like they they understand that this union is different than it used to be. Yeah, it stands up for its members, and yeah, they may associate me with that, but I don't think they ascribe anything special to me. Well, one of the things that I find puzzling about yeah, some of the recalcitrants is when, when you look at these demands, like some of them would actually be in their interest when you say, you know, you should keep a writer on for post to make sure it's good. And they're like, no, <laughs> but, where you go, don't you want the show to have a writer's influence as yeah. you approach completion? Right. And is that, do you think... From just an obsession with costs or a lack of understanding of the actual process by which these things become a finished product? Yeah, I remember reading a book about Saturday Night Live that Lorne Michaels, when he left Saturday Night Live the first time, 1980, he realized, oh, they don't care if it's good. You're right. Wow. Wow. Like he thought, of course they wouldn't let him go. They care that it's good. And no, they don't. And so it's all about their bottom line. And the, and the, 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 the thing that we picked up uh, in this negotiation that, that was our theory of the case, which is that writer, writing as a career is potentially facing an existential crisis. The idea of being a term writer, a writer with a, with a job, uh, felt, felt like it was being threatened. And we got into the negotiation and it's, it's worse than we imagined. Like yeah. that they they are so clearly unwilling to guarantee writers uh, a certain number of weeks of work. They they wanted to introduce in comedy variety a day rate uh, oh, so yeah. that writers could sit at home waiting for the phone call to find if they were working that day. They don't care about any of our feature writing proposals. Uh, the idea yeah. of maintaining a career as a feature writer is becoming next to impossible for all the free work that's required of 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 those writers and that the company's response says, we don't believe in free work either. 
You need to talk uh-huh. to us about that. And they offered a meeting about it. Like, yeah. well, if you sign this contract, we agree to have a meeting to explain to you why it actually is in your best interest to do free work. And so oh, that there, there's all these things. And, and then the AI proposal, we had a proposal on AI. Mm-hmm. And their response to us was, we're not going to talk about that because we don't want to preempt the development of technology that our companies want to take advantage of. That was their quote. They said it. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're hoping oh, we can oh, really take advantage of you with oh this. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're in such trouble. And so, so it was... It was a real, uh, to, to your question, Goldie, that they are not interested in in helping the career of writers, They, th- even though it is in their best interest, even though we explained to them several times, uh, you you people have profited enormously over the system that, that has developed over the years, that all the valuable properties that writers have created came out of that system. We have to protect some of that. We have to protect the idea of a writer's room. We have to protect the idea that a writer is employed long enough so that when they're unemployed, they can ride it out to the next job. That nice. that All these things that we're talking about are about uh, writing as a career that the companies have profited from. Yes. And uh, it's it, it's very I, you can see I'm I'm very upset yeah, because of, I was hoping be. I was being paranoid. But uh, <laughs> they say about they say about paranoia just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and uh, it, it, it's it's scary and and it forced us to make this decision about going on strike, which none of us wanted to do, but all of us decided was necessary. Yeah. So so many of their proposals, there are these things as writers we do for one another as a favor. Like, you know, if, if your pilot gets picked up and you say, hey, I'm having a reading of the pilot, like, I, I can't really pay you. Could you come to the reading and maybe contribute jokes or tell me what you think or whatever? And we do it. And then maybe the person gives you like a $50 Starbucks gift right. card as thank you. Right. It's understood. But it seems like they want the whole career to be those favors. To them, a favor to them. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. You go, you know, we'll give you like a, a gift card to Wally's. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, that's yeah. fine. But well, you know, Disneyland's there. You can go to Disneyland. Yeah, well, by the way, we, <laughs> don't get, we don't get that discount anymore. Yeah. I, remember, dis- I actually was saying there was no discount. We're just saying it's there. Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's just there in Anaheim. Um, but let's talk about, because you brought up, and, we, and Goldie and I have talked about this a little bit. I think we have different opinions on this. The the whole AI issue, to me, right. is quite scary. Um, and, and it's one that they're not willing to engage on. And you just gave that horrifying quote, which is basically like, we want to see it take over the world and then <laughs> have it take over the world. <laughs> so I would assume, is that an issue that you guys are passionate about or do you feel like I'm, I'm sure you're passionate about all the issues let me rephrase that <laughs> is do you see this as kind of the existential threat that i do ai i don't think it's it's an existential threat in in a short term i i don't think ai is is at a place where the companies are going to use it to write scripts and produce shows i i do think to me the issue that i'm worried about is that in the short term is the idea that generating a company, if we don't have this protection, the company generating a a crappy story document, handing it to a writer and saying, write this and that, but you don't get full credit on it because AI generated this crappy story document. I think that's a real threat. 
and, and then as the technology improves 10 years from now, I think it's potentially, I, I, it's not there yet. And, and yeah. the, the way the technology has been described to me, uh, there's, there are a lot of really serious copyright concerns uh, about a company using an AI generated script because it, it, they may have pulled it from yeah. uh, uh, copyrighted material that they don't own. However, that's not the point. The point is potentially, is this a technology that could get in the way of, of the work that writers do? Uh, absolutely. And I, and I, I, I think we need to codify that a piece of writing has to originate with a human being. And I yeah. think that that's, See, I can't that's believe important. that we're saying that, but that's true. It, it's like a terrible science are. fiction story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's literally some, a story that's like, yeah. Not not something uh, the worst episode of Black Mirror, right? Uh, yeah, right. An AI would write it. Right. <laughs> hey, that's coming out very soon. Black Mirror. Hey, Netflix, right. catch it all, kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're here to be spokesman shills for those guys. Uh, yeah. um, do you think that all of this could be solved with a handshake over a Caesar salad with Johnny Davis at the Palm? <laughs> like, are we are we over egging the pudding by having eighteen people per side? Could it be? Dana Walden and you figuring this all out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the problem is that you've got all these different companies. Yeah, yeah. that sounds. So but they unless... could elect. They could elect Dana Walden to speak for all of them. I think they would. <laughs> I, I I'm just worried that our side wouldn't elect me. So <laughs> I don't. Right. Yeah, we would. You got two votes here. <laughs> two votes. It's only. Uh, but I think that the the problem is that the MBA our our minimum basic agreement is a long complex document that protects writers in all sorts of ways and they're and the companies are finding all sorts of loopholes in it and if we don't have teams of people working on it there's just too much opportunity for something to slip through the cracks right. and i think that i know dana well i think if i presented our side to her in theory she would say yeah that makes sense but i don't but that that's not the point. The point right, is, right. how is that affecting this company? How how do they see it affecting their bottom line? And that's the other thing, too, is that nothing we're asking for isn't something that could be folded into the budget of a television show or a movie. Like, we're not really asking for that much, right. but they, they are resistant to making any structural change for fear that somehow it would affect their bottom line. Not, nothing we're asking for is affecting their bottom line. That's that's the crazy part about this, that, that nothing weird. we're asking for is outside the money they're already spending on movies and TV shows. It could all be very easily folded into budgets and they wouldn't even notice it. But they for were, some reason, oh. they don't they don't even want to have the conversation. Oh, do you well, see? Well, are they concerned that, you know, if you give it to the writers and the actors will want more? Because, of course, we're the ones who always end up fighting for it seemingly. Right. And that then it's like, well, then everyone's going to be holding us up. So we've got to make an example out of the most stubborn child. And I guess what I'm saying is that the the even if it patterns to the the directors and the actors, that's still money that could just fold in to Into the, the billions of dollars they spend on making stuff. So it's it really I mean, I agree with you, Goldie. It is probably we don't want to empower a union by by giving them what they're asking for or even close to it. Uh or even half of it, right. but that that uh, and that that is probably at the core of it. That this is union versus management, and and if they give us something without requiring us to go on strike, they're they're sending a message of weakness and potentially a vulnerability to to other actions. 
Right. Yeah. And and do you think that with all these rejected uh, rejections in, in the proposals, do you think that they're basically testing to see how strong this union, the Writers Guild, is? I'm looking at these proposals, rejections to the proposals, and it just it just seems like a slap in the face. It's almost like, let's just see what they do, see if they box, see if, you know. Do you I mean, know? it's hard to know exactly what's going on in that room. I, I do think that basically what, what it comes to is, is, I mean, we take it personally. We say it's a, it does feel like a slap in the face. And being in that negotiating room, some of the stuff they said, you have to control your reaction because they're trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah. They're trying, they're, they're like. trying to dismiss <laughs> you and say you're not important. And yeah. they're very good. Yeah. And uh, somebody, yeah. the president of the union, Merritt, said, if you have any mommy issues, then they, they come into full play right. in <laughs> negotiations. And yes. you just like, no, we're just, we're negotiating. So it's very important not to get emotion. Right. And to say that this is not a slap in the face. This is them saying, we're not giving you any more. You've got to fight for it. So we're fighting for it. We're cutting off the pipeline. We're going to experience some pain ourselves to cause some pain on them. And you hope that's enough to get them to bargain reasonably. Well said. That's well said. Um, now, what can, beyond not working and, and you know, walking on the picket line, is there anything that writers can be doing in these moments to help the guild or to help out with this strike? Well, showing support, being on, being on the picket line is is the most important thing. It it's a show to uh, it, it serves a lot of purposes. It shows to uh, other members that we have solidarity with each other. That um, we're we're going to show up for this thing and until it's solved. It also shows to the town that we're serious. That although we're a bunch of people in in jeans and sneakers who they picture sitting serving the internet all day that actually we're willing to get out and fight uh, for what we believe in. And it's very meaningful. It was very meaningful in 2007. Also picket lines uh, can be very useful. The Teamsters are allowed to uh, honor a picket line and not cross it. And if Teamster trucks don't drive onto lots, uh, that's really going to hurt the companies. And and the Teamsters have, have said, you know, have told their members, you can observe a picket line. Um, so showing up at picket lines has serves a lot of purposes. It also a way to connect with other writers during a period of enormous stress and anxiety. And I think yeah. that, that that getting together can help you with that. But having said that, also social media, being online, reaching out to the guild to see if they, they need help with other things. I mean, I think that that uh reaching out to your captain, if you have a captain, if you don't have a captain, reach out to the guild and get one so that you're having this information show up to the, uh, if you remember the Shrine Auditorium Wednesday night, if you're in LA, so that we can talk through the issues uh, that we're facing. And we want to hear from members, uh, reach out to leadership with uh, thoughts, concerns, questions. This The only way we get through this, it sounds corny, but the only way we get through it is together and supporting each other during what will be a very trying time, but hopefully uh, a successful one. Yes. Again, very well said. And I remember our, our, I believe our strike captain on Family Guy is still Patrick Megan, who's a very, <laughs> very active guild member. Yes. He's great, uh, you know, passionate about yeah. all causes. And I, I'll never forget, I think on day one of our, our strike, and we were walking out at the Fox lot, and um, 
Patrick was, you know, there's a group of, as you described, you know, sweatshirt wearing jeans, sneakers, <laughs> people who look like me all going in a circle. And then off to this side by the, um, the by the access gate is right. Patrick Megan protesting on his own. And I believe he stood in front of uh, a Teamster truck that was coming <laughs> on to the lot. I mean, he had his own yeah. Tiananmen right. Square moment. Right. moment. Inst- right. Instead of life and liberty, it was a you know 4% rise in overseas <laughs> residuals. But he still was very... No, it was bad. coverage of the internet. Jesus oh, right. Christ. Oh, like... sorry. I know what it was I'll all about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's very well said. And, and I think... You know, social media, I saw it certainly waking up this morning. All of my writer friends had that up there. And I'm getting to that. I've had kind of a busy day. But um, (laughs) I'm trying to think, Goldie, do we have any more uh, strike-related questions, JC? Anything else while we have this unbelievable resource here? I'll come back. Uh, Yeah, we could. Daily. When it it bears updating, you know, we we should should have you back. I mean, I, I... I can't be on every. I can't be out every week. Should I be Tom Gamble calling in? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we would love that. David well, David Goodman's agent. Well, well yeah, yeah I have another question. Anymore. So, um, you know, during the during the last strike, I remember there being this sentiment that the agencies, because their income is relying on this production, would step in and and mediate a settlement, and that seemed to turn into. At one of the protests, agents came and handed out churros. Right, uh, that's what I remember that amount to do. But as as a, are there like third parties, you know, be they entertainment lawyers, right. agencies, or whatever, who are helpful to this process, or do you think we're kind of on our own versus these companies? Well, I I think that it's interesting, and I want to get too in the weeds about what that was about in two thousand seven. But there was sort of this underground rumor. Uh, created by the companies that our chief negotiator, David Young, was inexperienced at dealing with the companies. And that that rumor fed into some of our members who, uh, during that negotiation, undermined our negotiating position by buying into this thing. That wasn't true at all. Obviously, David Young ended up being the uh, one of the greatest executive directors in the history of the Guild, uh, changing the life of writers for the positive in so many ways. But that was his first negotiation, and we were on strike for the mm. first time in in twenty years. So uh, that was what that was about. And 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 we've seen that the companies will do whatever they can to undermine the writers' faith in its leadership, right. and uh, that in in awesome. this case. Ellen Stutzman, who's our chief negotiator, um, who stepped in when David Young had to take a medical leave, uh, has been amazing across the table uh, from these people that we we don't need any help. All we need is the companies to uh, get serious and recognize that we're serious. Um, That that's the that's the only thing, obviously. The support of our reps out in the field is is very welcome, and they certainly have been since the agency campaign. The, the agencies, most of the agencies, have a much better relationship with the Writers Guild. They provide information, they provide uh, input, they have offered help. There's there are a lot of those conversations that go on. The other thing that's different this time from 2008 is we we have the support of all the other unions in this town. Teamsters, IATSE, SAG, yeah. DGA, that there have been statement of support, and that's a recognition, one, of how uh, 
all the members in all the unions recognize they're all getting screwed and mm -hmm. that the, the guild is the tip of the spear and uh, that they're openly supportive. And at the shrine uh, meeting on Wednesday, there will be other representatives of other unions there to show us support, which yeah. uh, is amazing. That's, that's a change. That's we, awesome. Where there used to be this joke. It was actually, it was David Young's joke. We, we may be small, but we're alone. <laughs> and, uh, not and, this time not this time and it's but, it's very heartening I that's do, great so and i oh, yeah, can ahead, I say something really? um so david earlier when we spoke you had said that in the past you guys haven't really released the terms this early in negotiations yeah. right and that um it wasn't really uncommon to see these like rejected proposals you know but yeah. we just never saw it but right. the transparency has allowed people who are writers who are not writers to see what's actually going on so that yeah. we can understand, especially for people like me, who are, who's not in the guild, I'm not a writer, right. I'm, that this, the strike isn't just because you're just stomping your feet and you want more right. money. It's like, there's yeah. reason, there's actual reasons for you yeah. doing this and why we can also be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a new thing. We, we, I don't think we'd ever really, we did it, I think a little bit in the agency campaign, but I don't think we'd ever really, we'd never done an MBA negotiation. And I think it really was helpful. I mean, when yes. writers want to know exactly what were you talking about? Mm -hmm. What was on the table? Yeah. Um, did you, did you mention this? Did you mention yeah. that? Like they, they want to know, you know, we can't underestimate our members uh, ability to second guess us. Right. And so that <laughs> the, they, they're all smart people and they're, and they're writers in the room. I mean, they, they, that's the thing too, that they understand that it's a bunch of people like them in there and they want to know what, what was the conversation? And Listen, I, I know you have a lot on your plate and they give you a personal request at this usually time. Usually a fried egg. It's a little bit unreasonable, but <laughs> if there's, if there's like a moment of silence in these negotiations and you're looking for something, <laughs> can you, can you say, Hey, would you guys cover hair transplants? <laughs> uh, Consider it. Uh, throw that in. That's, throw what, that in. That's, that's what we're on strike for. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, okay, good. Let me uh, get my son. A lot of bald guys in the guild. Like, we, would bald, we would bald go down together. Um, but David, thank you so much for being here today. And be before we let you go, because we've been talking all about, you know, kind of very serious stuff. And this, not that this is unserious, but we have not seen you uh, to say congratulations on winning your Writers Guild Award yes. for like, Honors Society, yes. which yeah. is, hey, is on Paramount Plus. Give them your business. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, honestly, that I so enjoyed that, and I was so happy for you that you won that award. So tell us a little bit about because I know you were in L.A. to accept, and you had Alex Borstein accept on the East Coast. So tell yeah. us a little bit about how that went down. Well, it was it was very exciting. Uh, I the the weird thing about the Writers Guild Awards is that there's two award ceremonies at the same time. Yes, uh, because there's a Writers Guild East and Writers Guild West, and Writers Guild East wants to have their own ceremony. It's the same awards. Yes. Uh, oh. So there's some people in these, and what was really amazing about it was they gave out my award in the East. We we have our award ceremony here. We start at like four o'clock, yeah. So that we're on the same time at least, but they don't they don't do it in the same order for some reason. <laughs> oh, right. And so my I won in New York, and my sister was monitoring <laughs> monitoring the the internet, looking to see if I won, and she like texts me. 
David, oh, congratulations, you won. And I didn't know that I'd won. And I'm like, ah, that's great. Oh and I like hit, show my wife. I said, I think I won. And, awesome. and, and then I'm sitting there for like an hour and a half, literally an hour and a half waiting, <laughs> waiting at this table of other people. My fam, my kids were there. And then the, the other people, the director of the movie and producers were at my table. And I didn't tell them. Oh, uh, oh that's because, so cool. Because we got, you know, and obviously I've never, I've never won. I've never won anything. <laughs> I, I don't think I, maybe my career and, and my family, my my career and my family. Those are the two yeah. things I won. Everything else, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even get participation awards. I mean, I didn't <laughs> right. even get those things. So to win an award for the piece of writing that I'm most proud of is is great. And then the amazing thing, you know, Alex, uh, the the organizers of the East, told me that coincidentally, Alex was presenting the award in my category. So oh my if God. I win. Maybe you should prepare something for her to read. So I emailed with Alex and I sent her something. And basically, I had her thank uh, the Writers Guild East president who watched the movie and said he liked it. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, a really, a really exciting moment because because I, I care so much about the movie and yeah. so happy how well it came out. And the idea that, that I, you know, there were, I don't know. If, 50, 50 people submitted into the into the category oh, wow. I was submitted in, and the fact that that and they read the scripts blind, and the fact that that they they voted mine as the best was it was very very satisfying. Oh, well, congratulations, incredible. that was Congrats. awesome, and and this your speech was really funny, and the one you wrote for Alex was very funny. I watched them both, um, <laughs> and so now I'm hopeful that maybe uh, an hour and a half before the strike ends, your sister will text you and say <laughs> say that we won. <laughs> It's over. Congratulations. It's over. You got everything you wanted. Um, but seriously, David, thank you so much for thank A, being you. here today and B, fighting for writers and our futures. We really appreciate it. And we will definitely be asking you back as this hopefully doesn't stretch on for too long. But if it yeah. does, we'd love to have you back to talk about it. Yeah. Always, always thank a you. pleasure. And, and I love being part of the uh, typical discussing yeah. display, display family. So you, are, you are, you are a distant cousin. Go sit in the corner. No, uh, no, no, no. A, fun, a fun uncle, a fun yeah, uncle. And we missed you at the dinner. So uh, yeah. yes, that's right. We missed you at that I dinner. Missed the, I missed yeah. you guys. At the Damn it. Yeah. That's right. I'm still angry with you about that. Okay. We'll get into <laughs> that next time. All right. all right. Thank you so thank much. You. David Goodman. Appreciate thank you. It. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you too for being awesome and we will talk to you again in less than a week less than a week <laughs> that was fun and it stops right now we didn't touch it david we didn't touch it